This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So Rhode Island changed its laws regarding public access to waterfront and beachfront property and what it really means is it's shoreline access that's what this whole thing is about but as we have talked about it's leading to a lot of problems and there's also misunderstanding i want to play this is a piece of channel 12 it turned into a fight in uh, north kingstown north kingstown with more and somebody arrested. The incident took place here at the town beach in North Kingstown when a shoreline access homeowner told beachgoers that they were trespassing on his property. Police say this resulted in the arrest of the owner. A peaceful day in North Kingstown took a turn Sunday when police say they were called for multiple reports of a disturbance over beach rights. Jeff Newcomb frequents this beach and tells us this is not something you would expect on a quiet town beach. I had walked down here yesterday to see like some police activity and trying to figure out what was going on. According to a report from the North Kingstown police, a family of three was sitting here below the high tide line behind the Cold Spring Lane home when property owner Andrew McGlatchy and his family of three came out and confronted them, saying they were trespassing on their property. According to the police report, McClatchy allegedly verbally antagonized the beachgoers, breaking their umbrella, throwing it into the water, and a physical fight followed. The report says this resulted in the arrest of Andrew McClatchy. He's charged with vandalism and disorderly conduct. Rhode Island recently signed a shoreline access bill into law in June of this year. This states the public has the right to laterally access the shore up to 10 feet landward of the visible high tide line. Some telling us they should be able to enjoy all parts of the beach it's the ocean state right and i think we should be thoughtful about how that access is allowed linda jeans tells us she can see why a property owner may feel the need to put up signs right if you had this beautiful public beach right here and there's a little patch that's private and it's the end of the beach there's no reason to go down there really that's right but she sees both sides of the argument if you're taking a walk and you go to the end of the beach, what difference does it make? We tried to... You know, Channel 10, uh, that woman just made a very good point. I, Channel 10, so you have this full beach, and then you have, as you go farther down, there's where people's homes are that are right along the water. This, That's where this guy decided to sit down. Now, listen, it should never have turned into that, but... The fact of the matter is, um, you know, there's 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 some element where some of these individuals are antagonizing the homeowners because it's not a matter. Shoreline access is supposed to be you can walk up and down the beach. Okay, then you can go a little bit, but they go beyond it. And some of them, um, they're, they're actually not that big, but NBC10 actually track down the guy he didn't want to have his face shown that was involved with the altercation with the homeowner but it's what these people don't realize is this they're taking their property this was their property under new rhode island law they're taking their property this is someone coming into your lawn you may not like it they're trying to yeah people have access to the sidewalk in front of your home but they don't have access to your front lawn or your backyard so but nbc10 actually got and i'm going to play it here's the the guy that all this was. it the was his family access hit some rough waters over the weekend he felt entitled that this was his and and he tried to bully me off intimidate me off chris brady wouldn't show his face on camera when talking to us but says his family set up two chairs and an umbrella behind a private home at the north kingstown town beach on sunday we were actually about 20 feet probably more 20, more than 20 feet away from what was probably allowed it was about an hour into the beach day when Brady says 61-year-old Andrew McClatchy confronted them. I mean, he was pretty aggressive, and he started demanding that we leave. 
and you know, I kept on refusing, saying you have no right. According to police, Brady's family was well within the state's new lateral public access line. Brady says the altercation escalated after McClatchy approached his wife and 10-year-old daughter. So I said, stop, don't go near her, she's 10. You have, a, you have something, you come to me. At one point, witnesses say McClatchy ripped the family's umbrella out of the sand and threw it in the water, sharing this photo with us of the damage. He just took my umbrella and he mauled it. It was like uh, the reverence. It's like the bear, like, going after DiCaprio. He just started just destroying it. Police were eventually called, and McClatchy was arrested and charged with vandalism and disorderly conduct. Maybe that's what it takes for him to stop being like this, because it's a really poor behavior. It's like an inconsideration, really bad manners. Brady says there's a lesson to be learned here. And I'm not going to let him intimidate me off because I'm afraid of, of what he's saying or what he thinks he's going to do. And also hopes the state can do more to clean up the language surrounding what's considered private in public. But they should preempt this. If, it, if we're going to sort it out, there could be a very bad sorting. There could be violence. It could be, you know, really bad violence. I want to give um, just folks an analogy on this. I want you to picture a football field. And you have the entire football field where you can put your chairs and blankets and sit on the football field. The end zone, you know, on one end of the field, the end zone is where that someone's house and that's in the past was considered almost like their private beach area what these people are doing is they have the entire football field but they purposely go and sit in the end zone so what needs to be addressed is think about that just for a moment they're not saying hey you know i can't why can't I be on the beach? It's not a matter of that. People like this guy, they're purposely going and sitting in the end zone to antagonize the homeowner. And that was also going on in Middletown, kind of start off the summer. These are not people trying to enjoy themselves. They are purposely in, oh, no, I want to sit here. Oh, no, I want to sit here. Oh, no, you're not going to bully me out of here. Listen, buddy, you have the whole field. Why don't you go sit at the 50-yard line? Why don't you sit at the 30-yard line? Why don't you sit at the 10-yard line? Oh, no, I want to sit in the end zone. We're going to put our cheers and umbrella here in the end zone. Well, the end zone, that's my yard, and it comes down, and we kind of use this as like a private beach. Oh, no, no, I want to sit in the end zone. I'm going to sit in the end zone, and there's nothing you can do about it. No, that's the new law. See, that's what these people are doing. So it's supposed to be shoreline access, meaning you could walk around the entire state along the shoreline. And then they say, okay, it, it goes up from the high tide mark. But what these people are doing, and in some of these little areas, there's actually very little room on the beach. These individuals are purposely setting up to antagonize the homeowner. That's the real story. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. At Med Urgent Care, walk-in urgent care center, all your medical needs. They're open seven days a week, doctors and nurses. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Again, they're open seven days a week. At Med Urgent Care, when you need urgent care, Without the wait now, when I've been in that situation and I needed urgent care, that's where I went. If you want to go to an emergency room and have a long wait, well, you're free to do that. Otherwise, do what I did. Go to AtMed Urgent Care. Whether it's work-related, maybe someone's not feeling well, someone needs stitches, whatever it may be. AtMed Urgent Care, comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility. There's two locations, one near you. Johnston, right in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. That's right across from Felicia's. When you need, and I need urgent care, you want AtMed Urgent Care. Again, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center, and 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. Seven days a week, doctors and nurses, AtMed Urgent Care. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depietro.com. Just click to listen live. 
Folks, joining us right now, one of my siblings, independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. And DJ, <clears throat> the question is, you know, is this, first of all, I think it is a pivotal week for the race for president, the campaign, the Republicans especially. But it's a big week for President Trump. What I find is interesting, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts, is I could actually argue it either way. If if someone said to me, you know, what, you know, do you, you know, we think he should skip the debate. I could say that's the right decision. He's way ahead. He's got legal problems. Uh, he doesn't need to. It, it gives it less oxygen, gives it less of attention. At the same token, if they said he's going to go, I would say, well, you know, that's what propelled him in 15 and 16. And so it's part of the process. And so he, you know, be a big draw. It's a huge opportunity to reach a lot of people. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts that right now we're hearing. Now, this could change, but he's planning on skipping the debate, and he's apparently recorded, I think this is a total waste of time, but recorded this uh, interview with Tucker Carlson. Yes, and uh, great to be with you, John. Um, you know, the thing is, w- what it's coming down to, as you're saying, is really does it help or hurt the rest of the field, which I am equally very interested to see, like, yep. how is this actually playing out? And I've, I want to say a couple of things about that. Um, First of all, I think a lot of what we're seeing, um, Trump, of course, with his just pile on of legal problems, John, that is not going to go away. It's not going to go away in a month or so. And the national media, I feel, is in their corner and they have decided that, you know, scandalous, criminal or whatever, Trump is is still like the number one story. Sure. Um, and by the way, we all understand how broadcasting and, and money yeah. works in media. Look, he is money, plain and simple to them. Yep. Right. Are they going to cover a quiet little event with Mike Pence no. or are they going to have, you know, Trump barrel storming around? So you've got that in terms of, though, this I, I think and I like your theory of how you're setting that up, because I really do think. Um, it's very difficult to know. This is a double-sided question, you know. Um, uh, my gut begins to say, though, John, I don't see how both the media's just obsession with this, like Trump is like a train wreck to them, and they can't look away. That That's yep. kind of how they cover the guy, right? <clears throat> Um, then the base, there is the hardcore base. It's like, it doesn't matter what, you know, we're with you all the way. Exactly. I, I would argue that there is not stamina for both of those positions for, you know, 15 more months, right? We're coming up to September. I, yeah. I just would argue that. So number one, I think the dam can break over time. Um, if I was, you know, advising this longer list of the GOP candidates, I will say a couple things. I think the one person it actually doesn't help is DeSantis if Trump is not there. I think he wanted to take it to him. He wanted to draw the contrast. Um, But I also think it sets up, you know, we have seen this over the years in politics. Can someone, and by the way, someone we would not expect, have what they'd call a breakout moment? And I would argue without the 800 pound gorilla on the stage, someone could have a breakout moment um, in the GOP figures. Um, To me, the guy who's beat, who's kind of barking the loudest has been Chris Christie. I don't, you know, I don't know that he has a breakout moment and he is very decidedly not with a lot of the base. Um, But I, I think he's someone that the media can't ignore and, and he can be, I think he's very good on his feet, unlike some of the other guys who can be kind of yawning. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, I would say, though, I don't know that it's good news for DeSantis unless, to me, John, he has to use the opportunity. If Trump's not on that stage, we have to see a bit of a different DeSantis and he has to really break out. Because oh. I think the media will just kill him if he doesn't break out. You know, it, um, it's interesting, Donna Perry, but is, are you able to bl- break out if the 800-pound grill is not on the stage? It's um, <clears throat> yeah. I think it's going to do better than people think it is. You know, part of this, unfortunately, is he's he has this war going with Fox, and they even met with him and courted him, and they're trying to get him on the stage, and they're doing it. And I think the whole Tucker Carlson thing is is really a mistake, like – Okay, so Tucker's mad at Fox, so he got an interview. Right. But is the, it reaches a point 
to me, it kind of leads up to when you're ready for a big game, it's almost like the Super Bowl hype. And after a while, like enough already, enough of the hype, let's play the game. So I think the Tucker Carlson thing, I don't think anyone's going to see it. It's not going to make news. There's nothing more to be said. The whole allure to me is to see how he interacts with the other Republicans. So I think that's bad. But another problem, Donna Perry, that I see is that, okay, it's one thing that you're at war with CNN. And as you and I have covered, in 2016, CNN would carry his rallies. MSNBC would carry his rallies. So now, not only is he at war with them, he's also at war with Fox. I, I, I just, I know they feel the brand is so strong and through all the indictments, but What's missing from the equation that I think is a danger for the Trump campaign is someone, as you say, someone new to break out. And then suddenly people say, you know, I think that guy, I'm impressed by him and I think he or she could do it. Yeah, that's the thing. You're giving the stage to that. Um, And I would also say, like we say, Trump does take all the oxygen out. And I I just think um, him not being there allows for the opening. I also think the Tucker Carlson thing, John, he's not on a network. And you and I no. know how this, no. so you're Foolish. not, it's not oh counter-programming. Twitter, not but even. It, right? It's an online post. So first of all, anyone can do, pull it up at any time. So you're not really yeah. counter-programming. You're allowing, obviously, Republicans, people are going to tune in. Um, it is still, you know, c- cable networks still are what they are, right? I mean, people will tune in. So it's, it's, I think it's a mistake um, whether there's his people advising him who they know he's already saying way too much legally, whether they didn't want him. He's already, you know, maybe getting in trouble with comments about judges and the prosecutor and everything. That, but that's beside the point. I think this is showing now, though. This is the corner, though, that he's in, John. And I, like I say, in my view, and the Republican Party, National RNC, you know, they get criticized, a lot of mistakes, but they've got to take the long view. I don't see how Trump and, you know, the insatiable national media that, John, they've replaced the rallies with the courtroom. You know, that's yes. kind of how they're looking at it. That's a good point. Yeah, that's really all it is. You know, CNN, it's like, you know, they got to get the eyeballs on the screen. So they've replaced that. And, and again, he's big media. He's numbers, but I just don't see that in this, this is not 2016. All the stakes are very different, and I don't think it's the same ball game. Um, and I do think there comes a point where the argument, and I would say this about DeSantis's argument that I have liked, where he, I think it could give him the opening to kind of get to the party and say, okay, yes, a lot of explosive stuff has been going on, but do you really want to keep losing do you really want uh, a guy who we believe is cognitively struggling to be the president of the united states never mind not liking his policies do we want him to just walk back in there um and i think that's the opening for a desantis and having that moment so you know i i do think as you say i think trump thinking there's some kind of a magical thing of tucker carlson i i think it's ultimately a mistake that's that's and, a total mistake. Let me ju- let's just take a quick break, folks. Much more ahead. We're going to talk about it. Donna Perry, right here on the John DePietro Show. Get your driveway paved. J Perry Paving. Letter J. J Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Over twenty-five years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs, no matter how big, how small contact them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 what a difference it makes for your driveway for your business parking lot j letter j j perry paving 401-732-1730 
online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook. We're speaking with independent columnist and opinion maker at Donna Perry. DJ, I want to stay obviously with the GOP debate. You know, there's also a lot to look at. He, it's one thing you don't prepare for debates, and supposedly, notoriously, he does not. And Steve Bannon and other people have talked mm-hmm. about that, and they call him a game day player. But one thing about 2016 when he did face Hillary was he had been through all those Republican debates. So <clears throat> I view debates as it's, you know, it's kind of like the preseason and you get the kinks out. And right. I, I also just wonder, though, if, you know, they may say it's because he's so ahead. But at the same time, if you haven't done it in a while and you're so distracted with the legal stuff that you're not prepared, <clears throat> that there's a world of difference. In 2016, I think it made the difference when he did reach the debate stage with Hillary because he had had so many debates and yes. one by one eliminated the Republican field. That it is not something you could just flip the switch. When we saw that first debate with Biden was a disaster, and then they didn't have the second debate right. in 2020 because the president had COVID. And then by then it's the third debate, and he kind of found his groove. But they were then they wanted they wanted to make up the, the second, so there were only two debates. So I, I wonder if some of the Trump advisors realize. He, he is just not in the right mindset to be on the stage and w- could come off as really unprepared and rattled. I, I see. That's what I think. And I think, yeah. as, as you say, John, he, he himself is he's just going to look kind of unhinged by just the barrage of it all. Um, there is too much going on legally. And then, you know, then then there's nothing else he he wants to talk about. I mean, he really is on the one track like I am the wronged man. And there's only so many times, in my view, you can say the words witch hunt. I think you just like there's only so many times you can say that. Um, And I do think if some of these others and in some ways, John, we've seen this uh, before when you have a big field and you're the outside party, right? The Dems have the White House. Okay, when you're out there, they, they in some weird way, they can help each other. Like I said, Chris Christie is a brawler. He he's going to come out wanting to bump up a few points. Big I, time. And I think he's capable, by the way, of doing. And he that. has in New Hampshire. He has surpassed yeah. DeSantis in New Hampshire. Yeah, and I I actually people forget John. There was he went through a, a bunch of things in his management in New Jersey, and then there was like statewide you know scandals. But Christie was very well liked nationally. By oh, a yeah. lot of Republicans, a lot of people like the way the fight he's now structured it. So yep. I would be looking for him to come out in a bigger way. And and what has helped him, and you have noted this over the years, it doesn't hurt when these guys, they're out of politics and they are a pundit and they're doing TV. Exactly. And he is really coming to his role in yeah. ABC with Stephanopoulos. Yep. And he goes back and forth with Donna Brazil. But you, Donna Perry, you get better. At, at doing it. And I would argue that he has gotten better. I don't think DeSantis could be the type of pundit that Christie is. I think Christie could have the big night Wednesday night. He could come off as the real firepower. You want a fighter. This is a fighter. His numbers are going up in New Hampshire. But I want to come back to, you know, this whole business. I know there were stories this week that Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, may still jump in. But that if, if those that remember in 2012, when, you know, Romney was the nominee, there was talk that maybe Chris Christie might jump in. Those things never seemed to come to fruition. Um, but one another thing about this or aspect, I should say, Donna Perry, is between his legal troubles of the campaign, it, it seems virtually impossible yeah. for Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and some of these the others to even get any type of oxygen. Yeah. And, and as you're saying, John, you are a lifelong guy, you know, the media on the media, on yeah. TV, radio, you and I know it's for number one, it's not as easy as it looks. Everyone no. thinks um, if everything from understanding your tone, your voice, looking at cameras, where you're looking at all that stuff. And I, like I say, I think Christie does something else that many national Republicans have never understood. He does mix it up. Yeah. With the media, John, the reporters 
don't yep. like to be just treated like they are an alien and be scolded. He's a Republican, but he I've seen him. He can joke. He can, you know, right. He does like that ribbing, you know, and I feel like DeSantis still has this super defensiveness. Yeah. And it doesn't always play well. No. Um, and that's what I'm looking at. Like, I think Christie has really hit his stride with how to appear at a national television moment, you know. Yep. Um, and he won't turn down interviews. He'll go on. Right. Right. You know, CNN. He'll go on Morning Joe. He'll go all the He'll media, mix it up with them. Yeah. Is, is yeah. also reminiscent a little bit of in 2016. You know, in 2016, people forget President Trump would go on Morning Joe. He was friendly. With Joe right, Scarborough and right. Mika. He would, as I said, you know, they would carry him on CNN. I, I don't know. I also think it's setting up, though, that if he doesn't go, I think he's going to regret not going. If he does go, it, it could end up, you know, a big... turning into a, a, a disaster. <laughs> so um, so I, I think, it, I mean, and I actually spoke to a member of the Trump campaign, and I, I, I'll tell you exactly, hmm. and I've said, okay. I said I could argue it either way. You know, I could, but I get the sense, <clears throat> number one, his health may not be good. These yeah. legal, th- you know, listen, mm. it's one thing to shrug off the New York thing. This Atlanta situation is problematic. The documents is problematic. The, the guy, President, you know, despite what some of his loyalists think, he is human. It, it takes a toll after a while. Right, John. He's right. 77 years old. I know. I mean, it's... He's- He's if not you, Jesus Christ. He's not you. And it is yeah. nonstop pressure. Running for president would be pressure. And then you're juggling all this. And then, you know, ABC broke a story over the weekend that Mark Meadows, you know, told investigators that he does not recall yeah. uh, the president ever declassifying things. Now, as much as some people may shrug that, you know, that in Trump world, that suddenly like that's a fire that you're going to put out and you're going to deal right. with and, and in the nonstop leaks, Donna Perry, is there anyone else in the field? I think someone, I, I spoke with a friend of mine yesterday and he said, boy, I'm really impressed by that Vivek Ranswamy. And, and the thing he mentioned is, Oh, you know, he's so young and he's a millennial, but it's, it, it, and I give him credit. Obviously he's been very successful. He's a billionaire several times over. He is everywhere and doing interviews everywhere and rapping at the Iowa state fair. But I, I wonder how that's going to play on the debate stage on Wednesday night. And, you know, I'm also very interested to see how he does, because yeah. he's been in more of the, you know, soundbite structured, regular right. interviews. A lot of the other media, they don't, you know, put him on as much. See, I think a guy like that, if he and I feel like he's very articulate, he is. Um, you know, I, he is young. He is entrepreneurial. Um, you know, I, I think I'd like to see how he can come across, not be this Washington, any Washington swamp creature. Right. Outside. And he could have a breakout because, again, mm. let's be honest, when you go down that list, I, I just think Nikki Haley is not the top of, of a, of a she ticket. She doesn't seem it, no. She's just not, doesn't have that no. star power. And I'm sorry, I, I think Pence is a very decent man, John, but he's but, just, no. I hate to he's, say he's too Christian or he's evangelical. Yeah. I mean, he's just kind of. It's, it's just, just not happening. No, it's he's just, just he's like, you know, too much of that. And, yeah. and just not, there's nothing star power. And some of the others, I just, I don't, uh, you know, I think Tim Scott is liked, but I don't know that he's got the star power. So I, no. I think of um, Swami, um, Christie. It seems to and, and Christie, the two of them. And, and Donna yeah. Perry, it is, should be noted. I mean, our old friend from Edgewood, Steve Laffey, as much as back yes. in January, February, it seemed like, oh, this is so exciting. He's going to be on the stage with Trump. You know, now you fast forward. Listen, it's a big field. There's, there's a way yeah. you have to qualify. And yeah. and I don't think the RNC is going to buck on that. So there were, there were several people like that that are not making the cut. I know Asia Hutchinson has just said that he made the cut. But I agree. I think um, I, I wonder what it's going to be like, and I'm c- very curious. I think the numbers are going to do better than people think. Anyone, it, it's going to be hard to ignore. Even the people that say, like, oh, I'm not going to tune in if he's not, President Trump's not there. I don't believe that. I still yeah. think they're going to tune in. But I, I think the danger for the Trump campaign is the after effects. You know, Tr- Christie will go on Good Morning America on Thursday. He will do the Today Show. 100%. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know about DeSantis, but... There's going to be some carryover. There's going to be, 
yes. some coverage. There's going to be some momentum. There's a chance. You and get I, the bump. You get the I bump. I think yep. that's where the Trump people are going to, you know, try to have to control him because it's going to be very difficult for him to be on the sidelines and not in the game when he could be the star attraction at the game. Well, that's the thing about a lot of these other guys. You get the bump, and then you also, as you and I know, John, you get really that free, massive national media coverage. And the Um, money starts to flow in. And the money can add 100. See, I just think the big donors, the the Republicans who have been trying to be quiet, they're on the sidelines, we're going to be one year out. It's hard to believe. They can't stay on the sidelines. They want the money to go. They want to see someone who they think could actually turn this around and i i just perry yeah just finally before we uh say goodbye i i also i think all of these trump legal problems are a great benefit to president biden because again every time they're focusing on president trump and his legal problems he's got to surrender and oh oh, yeah it's you know president biden is is just in the background and we could be seeing almost a replay of 2020 where he's, you know, as they say, hiding in the basement. Hiding, and yep. He doesn't have to be out there so much. And I, I think that's the biggest missed opportunity because between the economy and there are problems legally for Hunter Biden. But the more the Republicans do him the favor by stealing the spotlight, I, I think it actually kind of benefits him. Yeah, because and then the press and like you say, not only people have there's a lot of uneven problems in the country, but then, you know, China, Russia, uh, the yep. Ukraine, the mess. And, and then he gets to have that. Those are not the top headlines, you know. Right. And again, there is this obsession with covering this naturally. Um, I would also say just quickly, John, this president's odd uh, uneven and yeah. almost like a snippety response to when reporters asked him a few days ago in the driveway of the White House, like about Hawaii. Um, I all, I thought all of that was very odd, very telling. He seems incapable if, if the script is not in front of him yeah. and he snapped at them, John, like to say, oh, no, no. I can't talk about it. Like it was odd. And, and yeah. you know, this is you know, a guy who can't keep up with the Johnny can't keep up with the job. The barrage. Former of Senator, um, Massachusetts Senator Scott Brown. Uh, he actually said in an interview mm-hmm. when he was in the Senate, um, he, he got to know Vice President Biden at the time pretty well uh-huh. and yeah. said he's not the same guy. He, if anything, the simpiness, the defiant, yeah. he, he has what you would describe. And he didn't mean it in a malicious way. But he said it certainly seems as though he has the onsets of, of dementia. And, you know, there's, we know there's, there's no way he's functioning at full no. level. This was a big deal to even get him on the plane and get him to Hawaii. But it, there, is, there is total inability to answer things off the cuff. And, but again, I, I, I caution <clears throat> the more the Republicans continue to have this circus, yes. give Biden the opportunity to hide one other thing there was an interesting comment over the weekend i think on meet the press where they basically said vivek Swami is all this is is a warm-up but then he wants to get you know a national talk show and he wants to be oh, yeah. uh, a person on and like who knows he certainly is making a name for himself um he's i'm i'm anxious to see how he's going to do on um on wednesday night as well yeah. folks again she is independent columnist opinion maker donna perry dj great job as always not dull. This should be big this week. Absolutely. And we'll talk to you again. <laughs> Great to talk to you. Yep. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401 885 4209 in Massachusetts, 508 252 3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401 885 4209 three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252 3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus 
You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So there's a lot of talk about the Democrats, but on uh, a CD1, the Cicilline seat. But then you have on the Republican side. Now, Gary Leonard, or Jerry Leonard, he, um, he was on Channel 12 yesterday with Kim Kalunian, and I want to play a little bit of this. Community Focus. He's the Republican. David Cicilline down in Congress, and today I'm joined now by Republican Gary Leonard. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me. So 60 Gary. seconds or less, why do you want Rhode Islanders to send you to Washington to represent them in Congress? Kim, I- I'm running because I don't like the direction our nation is going right now. I don't think Bidenomics is working for working families in the state of Rhode Island. And probably most importantly, the divisiveness in our country right now is, is to me, is it, we're pretty far apart. And as Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided cannot stand. Um, as a 30-year veteran of the Marine Corps, uh, I understand that the decisions folks make in Washington, D.C. have impacts on American families. I saw it in the battlefields in Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm running because I think we need to bring common sense to Washington, D.C. I think we need to bring leadership to Washington, D.C. And I think we need to put partisan politics aside and put principles over politics. So what do you think is the single biggest issue facing the voters right now of Congressional District 1? I I think the biggest issue right now is is our economy. Mm. It's not working for working families. I think we all understand what the inflation uh, is having on our pocketbooks. Uh, But I will also tell you, I think the existential threat to our nation it is our national debt uh, by 2053? It's, it's supposed to double. Uh, 17% of our annual spending is on our interest payments. Uh, that needs to be fixed, mm. and that's what I—that's what I intend to go to Washington D.C. to work on. Uh, so I'm going to do a little bit of a rapid fire round here. I've okay. been doing it with all okay. of the candidates. All of them previously have been Democrats, so I'm expecting a few different answers from you since you're a, a Republican. But we might be surprised. So rapid fire here, uh, single word answers, if you will. Uh, are you pro-life or pro-choice? Uh, as I said in my opening, I like to stay away from the labels. Uh, but that said, you and I both know this has been codified into mm-hmm. Rhode Island law in 2019. I'm not running to go to Washington, D.C. to change Rhode Island laws. Fair enough. Uh, would you support or oppose a federal ban on so-called assault-style rifles like the AR-15? Kim, I've, I've supported and defended the Constitution and was protecting our civil liberties. I absolutely believe in protecting our civil liberties and to include the Second Amendment. That said, I'm a father of four. I put my kids on the school bus years ago, and, and I wanted them to come home at the end of the day. So whether it's a resource issue or, quite frankly, a mental health issue, uh, I'd like to go to Washington, D.C., see if we can work on some common-sense solutions that address the issues that ail us in this country. Uh, would you support or oppose legalizing recreational marijuana on the federal level? Uh, and just to separate that from the state level, right? So we're yes. talking about federal employees. Yes. Um, I think I have two, two ideas on that. The first one is I absolutely think there's benefits of medicinal marijuana. We're talking recreational here. It's, uh, recreational, okay. Yes. Um, I, I, I'd like to study this issue a little bit. As, as someone who wore the uniform, I am concerned about people being under the influence mm. in, in, uh, in the military, Good people answer. being under the influence in the air. Uh, but it's something I'd absolutely be open-minded about okay. uh, to talk about cross-party lines so and see what we can solve. undecided on that right now. Uh, uh, yeah, I want to yeah. study it. Okay. Uh, do you support term limits for members of Congress? Term, I absolutely support term limits. And what it, do you think they should be? It, it's a great question. I, uh, um, I'm 58 years old right now. Uh, if, if I'm privileged to uh, represent 1st District, um, I plan on being on the golf course when I'm 70 years old full-time. <laughs> so that would, be, that would be five terms for, for Congress. Um, I, do, I do think we need to do some political reforms in this country, and I'd be fully on board with some of these suggestions made uh, by Senator Tester, a Democrat in Montana, um, and, and restricting the ability for former elected officials for going into the lobbying world are going to work for foreign governments. I, th- I think that's over. I think that's over. I think we need to do that. And just 10 seconds, what committee would you like to serve on if Rhode Islanders send you to Washington? I think I'm best armed to, to go to the House Armed Services mm-hmm. Committee. However, I think I need to go to Washington, D.C. To, to help Rhode Islanders. And I, I think we have a housing issue in this country. I'd like to be in a position to support that. We're t- ranked 27th in the nation educationally. I'd like to be in a position to help Rhode Island in that, that respect. All right, Gary Leonard, that's all the time that we have. But thanks so much for being here nice. at 4. You know, very good. Very good. He is the Republican alternative. Uh, Seems very formidable. Look forward to talking to him at some point in the future. But he is the Republican. He's the endorsed Republican. I can certainly see why. And he certainly sounds like someone to be very effective from Congressional District 1. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show.
Falcon Pest Services, when you have a pest problem, give them a call. Serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services, residential or commercial, whether it is for maybe you have some kind of a termite problem, bed bugs, ants, roaches. Listen, a mice problem. Mice can be problematic. Rats, mosquitoes, many other pests. Falcon Pest Services, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, all different types of programs, multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single-family homes, restaurants, office buildings, highly trained, experienced pest control technicians. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's a one-time treatment, monthly service, quarterly, or year-round protection. You can depend. Falcon Pest Services. Call them today for a free quote, 401 739 1322. Get your yard sprayed. Get rid of those mosquitoes. Falcon Pest Services. Call today, 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services. You can also find them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Good luck to uh, Smithfield. How exciting. 7 o'clock tonight. This is it. They continue with the Little League World Series. Um, who knows? Who knows? A win tonight would be huge. Continue to move on. But either way, uh, it's been really terrific to uh, see the Smithfield team well coached. All seem to be a good group of kids and uh, very nice parents. And just uh, remarkable what's, what's taking place in Williamsport at the Little League World Series. Well... Will he or won't he? Well, it sure seems um, set now that the Trump plan, which I don't know if I'm on board with, um, is essentially not only to not attend the debate. And I, I don't believe this whole thing of the counter-programming. Who, they, no one is going to go and watch his interview with Tucker Carlson on Twitter of all places. I mean, of all the social media platforms I'm on, Twitter is is the least of what most people are on. So no one is going to see that, let alone he's not going to say anything in a Tucker Carlson interview. I'm so out on him now anyway, meaning Tucker Carlson. But, but by not going, uh, President Trump, by not attending the debate, and now he's saying he's going to surrender on Thursday. And it would seem the strategy then is to completely wipe out um, any coverage of the debate on the Thursday. But I don't – I mean, he's going to get a lot of coverage surrendering in Georgia. But the debate's going to happen. And more and more I am anxious to see. But let's hear the latest now starting with the president's going to apparently surrender uh, coming up on Thursday. And I, I believe all bets are off as far as I think this, you know, this, this what an here we go. Thought. A former president of the United States must make bail. That's the reality for Donald Trump, who posted on social media he will turn himself in here on Thursday. And when he does, he's going to need to come with cash. The judge said former President Trump's bond at $200,000, the first of his four criminal indictments to require Trump to post bond. He'll have to pay 10% when he surrenders in Fulton County, where he and 18 others are charged with conspiring to overturn Trump's election loss in Georgia. District Attorney Fonnie Willis personally signed the order after meeting with Trump's attorneys. They agreed to rules for Trump's release. He can make no direct or indirect threat towards any potential witnesses, including his 18 alleged co-conspirators. And that includes posts on social media or reposts of posts made by another individual. To comply, that means Trump may have to soften his rhetoric about the case and his personal attacks against Willis. Some of Trump's co-defendants learned of their bonds, too. It was very straightforward. We had a meeting with the DA's office uh, 
worked out the negotiated deal, signed the paperwork. Kenneth Chesborough and John Eastman, who were accused of proposing they use fake electors to keep Trump in power, each had bonds set at $100,000. A court filing suggests Eastman will surrender Wednesday. The judge set a $50,000 bond for Ray Smith, an Atlanta attorney who allegedly offered advice to Trump electors, and $10,000 for Scott Hall, a bail bondsman allegedly linked to stolen election data. The sheriff here says he expects all 19 defendants to be fingerprinted and have their mugshots taken. Trump says he's coming Thursday. That's one day before the deadline. And, George, it's just hours after the first Republican debate, which, of course, Trump says he will not attend. George? You know, and again, I think that's by design, the strategy then to blank it out. But that is not going to stop the debate for tomorrow night. On stage, Rachel Scott has a preview. Good morning, Rachel. George, good morning. Well, the chair of the RNC was holding out hope that the former president would change his mind and show up on that debate stage, but Donald Trump is making it clear he is sitting this one out. So the lineup is now set. Eight Republican candidates will be on that stage in Milwaukee tomorrow night. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson qualifying at the very last minute. While most of Trump's rivals have been hesitant to criticize him as he faces multiple investigations, nearly everyone in this crowded Republican field is going after him for sitting this debate out. Former New Jersey Governor Governor Chris Christie calling him a coward. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis saying that anyone that wants the Republican nomination should show up and debate. The big question, how does this field take on a frontrunner who is not there? Well, sources tell me that DeSantis, who was in a distant second, is now bracing for an onslaught of attacks. One thing that is clear, with Trump's commanding lead, everyone on that stage will be looking for a breakthrough moment, Lindsay. It'll be interesting to watch, Rachel. You know, I'm going to watch it. I encourage other people to watch it. Um, the Trump faithful will not watch it, or they're going to claim they're not going to watch it. But I, um, I, I'm starting to think the person that does have the most experience of this whole crew that's going to be up there, I think the one to, I really think the one to watch is former Governor Chris Christie. Uh, that Vic Vanaswamy, he's already saying he thinks 9-11 was an inside job. So um, that may play on certain interviews. You want to be a conspiracy nut, but I don't think he does well. I don't think Pence does well. And I'm anxious to see how DeSantis is going to uh, comport himself. Um, it's it's a different field. I, I'm not sure what to make of the Nikki Haley candidacy, and, um, and we'll see about Tim Scott, but I, um, but the debate's going to happen, and I think ultimately maybe he's going to sit out this one, but I think the next one, whatever that may be, I think President Trump is going to want in. That's my thought. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So you have the CD1 race, and one of the guests on Newsmakers was John Gonzalez. He's with the um, City Council in Providence. And I thought this was a good exchange. Tim White, Ted Nisi are kind of questioning him. Uh, this is someone that, to me, is you know he's so far behind in the polls. He hasn't raised a lot of money. It's definitely a question of like why. I've met him before. He's a really nice guy, but like, why are you running? And uh, I want to play a clip. This is what it sounded like. Campaign. Uh, look, uh, Councilman, critics of your campaign say you're not truly serious about this run for Congress. That this is about you building up your name politically for down the road, and you're clogging an already packed uh, field. Um, and you're just doing this more for yourself. How do you re how do you respond to that? 
Look at my track record in the community. I'm for the community. I'm by the community. I was born and raised in Rhode Island, and I've been doing that for my entire career. So, like I shared, I've been a teacher for nearly the last decade. I'm rooted in community. I've solved thousands and thousands of constituent service issues on the ground. I do that work every day. Uh, so, if you want to question my record, you should question some of the. I don't think it's not about your record. Yeah. It's not about your background. It's mm -hmm. about your seriousness in this campaign yes. right now. You don't have a lot of money. Well, let me ask you that. Uh, the latest fundraising sure. uh, just wrapped up. How much money did you fundraise in the last fundraising? Uh, I, I can't Time speak to the exact numbers, but what you I don't estimate, know. Though. Yeah, yeah. So, but I would say that we've raised over six figures in this race, over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars small grassroots contributions from people all over the state. Yeah, you only raised ten thousand dollars then in the last period, because you I, had one forty on June thirtieth. I'm I'm not sure of the exact numbers. Obviously, you don't um, you don't have any sense of your fundraising for the last six weeks. Uh, of course I do, uh, but 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 I would say you know they're. People that we work with on the compliance side, they, they look at the numbers specifically. My job is... That's okay, just an estimate. How yes. much do you estimate you raised in the last fundraising period that just ended? I, I couldn't tell you those numbers because I've been focused on... You couldn't or, or don't. You're or don't not want to. telling us, but you must have a sense, right? I, I, I honestly don't because I've been out talking to voters every single Did, was day. Was it more, than, more or less than $10,000? I would assume so. I would, I would absolutely. So you're not so. sure if you even raised ten thousand dollars. We've, we've raised over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the last the six weeks. You know, come on, you know where we're at. The asking. last six weeks, I, 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 I wouldn't be able to tell you that. Well, so. What's your cash on hand, roughly, this as of this week? I, I don't know, but we can certainly get you those. Those don't know, but so we can certainly. Get I you want those, you to understand. Numbers, um, there's a feeling in that seat, congressional district one race that this guy is taking away votes from Sabina Matos. They're both in Providence. He's on the city council. She was on the city council. Matos' campaign is going into a, a desperation mode. I mean, they just, it's not coming together. Uh, the signature scandal really just totally debilitated. I, I'm not convinced that Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos was a great candidate in any way. She, you know, was elected with Governor McKee, but she was part of the McKee-Matos mail balloting machine that was collecting all those mail ballots that then put her into the office. Because as a candidate, she lost, as I've said in the past, day of voting to Aaron Gukian. She did win the primary. She did win the primary. But again, she benefited from Governor McKee in the primary as well. I think the whole candidacy of Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, I think her whole candidacy is kind of overblown. I, I actually, I don't find her that impressive. Um, this has nothing to do with whether or not she's a nice person, whether or not she doesn't have an interesting story. It has nothing to do with that. I have no idea what type of, you know, sister she is or daughter. or it, it's, it's nothing personal. But just as a political person, if Governor McKee had not tapped her to be lieutenant governor, she, no one would be talking about her. So, I mean, he, he really made her. So any talk that she is this really strong candidate, frankly, I don't see it. I don't see it with Sabina Matos. I think, if anything— um, I think she's I think she's going to lose this race for Congress. And then she's just a damaged lieutenant governor uh, who has really been defined by this signature scandal that is a criminal investigation. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Check out DePietro.com. We have merchandise, all the shows, video, exclusive stories waiting for you right there at DePietro.com.